If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this awesome episode of the Mind Pump, look, we've been doing these episodes where we focus on a single topic and they're getting great, great responses. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to do an episode all about fat loss, rapid fat loss, and we narrowed it down to three things, three things you need to do for fat loss. In fact, they're the only three things you need to do, and that's what we talk about in this episode. You guys are going to love this. Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that MAPS Aesthetic is 50% off. This is our body sculpting, shaping, bodybuilding, physique competitor, bikini competitor program. It is advanced. There's a lot of volume in it. But if you think you're ready for it, here's what you do. Go to mapsblack.com and use the code BLACK50. The price will be 50% off just for you. Again, mapsblack.com. Use the code BLACK50. If you're super serious and you want a year of exercise programming, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and check out our bundle, the super bundle where your year is all planned out for you. That's it. So here we are. Top three things you need to be doing for rapid fat loss. I wanted to do something. Uh, I guess it's not completely different, but it's- uh, Are we so- going to podcast naked finally? Yes. Oh, yes. That's finally. why. I, All right. This is why I'm not wearing pants right now. Oh, yeah. In case you guys were wondering. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> we, we've, got a, uh, we've got a ton of response from people that uh, where we have done these episodes that are a little more focused. Uh, part of Mind Pump's formula- for a very long time was the, the randomness. You never knew what you were going to get. You're going to tune in and we're going to be all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but Sometimes we, we, we give you bees. Right. And I think for the most part, if you've been listening for a long time, that I think most people really appreciate that. Uh, but I also think that there's something to be said about having a very focused topic that we go a little bit wider on or, excuse me, deeper on. And, you know, something that I've been getting asked a ton about is, uh, fat loss, and it's always, uh, I think, a hot topic. It's probably the number one thing Google then searched when it comes to health and fitness. Well, it's funny. I was on a, a podcast earlier, and and the guy interviewing me said, "What what did you learn from training clients that you've been able to carry over into what you're doing now?" And one of the biggest lessons that I learned as a personal trainer was to stop trying to blast people with tons of information, and to just communicate some basic stuff, but doing it so well that it makes yeah. sense to the person they can implement it. That same lesson is the lesson that we continue to learn. Oh, man. It, and it's a hard lesson for us because, uh, I mean, it's like going through the process of like all these different years and different scenarios. Like we just, it, it's hard to kind of condense that down into the simple form, but we have to keep reminding ourselves that that's what's the most digestible. That's the applicable mm-hmm. things that people can then take and then go run yeah, well. Yeah, because I think we we think we're talking to the same person this whole time. So we're like, oh, now we could talk about the super advanced stuff all the time yeah and what ends up happening is we'll do an episode where we talk about a basic concept like you know the top you know the five things you need to build muscle or you know let's just talk about a particular type of diet the response we always get is massive because that's what people really need they need to hear some of the basics and they need it explained in a way that makes sense to them and so that's what we're trying to do now. Well, also, too, you know, this was something that I noticed, you know, our good friend Ben, really good buddy of ours, uh, what I noticed about his episodes and why I, I don't consistently listen all the time is he continues to go deeper and deeper into the weeds. And although his loyal, you know, however many thousands of people that that tune into him probably appreciate that, because if you've listened to every single episode, you've heard a lot of the basic stuff. But one of the missions behind what we've been doing here is I didn't want to compete or we didn't want to compete with uh, the rest of the fitness industry that was targeting the same people. Everybody is targeting the advanced lifter or the trainer type of mentality or the fitness person that loves it. Like I I want us to reach the people that may not have gone to the gym or just look at fitness as, oh, so daunting and and it's, oh, I don't want to figure, learn and do all that stuff. So we always got to remind ourselves that... You know, sometimes it's the the simpler, more concise topics where you give them, you know, two or three takeaways that they can then go apply in their life. And this really, you know, again, was reconfirmed when we recently hung out with Jim Quick. And we're, he's talking about, he's got all these kind of parlor tricks to get you to memorize things and to think about stuff. And, 
you know, after we hung out with him, like I literally implemented two or three things that I talked to him about into my own life. And I really appreciate that. I really like that. The same thing goes for what we do. And this is also explains why some of the, you know, the three best secrets for this or the five steps to doing this, why people gravitate to those, why they share it is because there's three or there's five or there's two things that you can then take and apply to your life and see some sort of a benefit. Right, right. And in, in, in our case here, um, in, in especially in fitness, is people, they don't realize the importance of the important things because everybody's talking about all these little things and all these other complex things. In reality, it's, there are certain basic things that need to be communicated properly, which is what we're going to do right now, that will help you get to your goal way more than anything else. Now, the, the, the number one goal that people have when they work out is fat loss. And the, the attitude around fat loss is, I want to do it, I want to do it right, but I also want to do it fast. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you get to the point where you lose, where you want to lose 20 pounds, you want it to happen right, you want to be healthy, um, but you also want it to be gone. Like, right. you're ready now. I'm ready. I want it They're to be riding gone. that motivation, and, and that's what you see a lot of times, and that's why... Uh, being able to see any kind of progress or success like as quick as possible is like crucial when you're just coming in riding that momentum and everything is momentum based. Right. So what? So to keep it simple and clear, we should focus on three things. Just three main things you need to do for fat loss, and then let's talk about those three things and kind of go into depth so people understand. How to do these things? Well, if we if we do that, then we have to me we have to start with uh, what I think is most important. You guys can agree or disagree here, but I think that building the metabolism takes a priority over the other rules or the other steps towards fat loss. Absolutely, yep. and, and the main reason why is uh, if you have a faster metabolism. Let's say you have a. And what we mean by that is your body's uh, calorie burn naturally. So how many calories your body burns? just to maintain your current lifestyle and uh, just to be alive, if we can get that number to move up, mm. and, there, and you can, you can do that. There are ways to do that, which we're going to talk about. But if you can get that number to move up, it makes fat loss much easier because fat loss ultimately comes from what's known as an energy imbalance. And so what that means is your body is burning more calories than you're consuming, or to state it differently, you're consuming less calories than your body's burning. When that happens, your body is it needs to find those calories to burn, and you've only consumed so many. And so what it starts to do is it starts to tap into its stored energy, which is body fat. And the and if you speed up your metabolism, it makes that process well a lot much of, easier. Not, yeah, not only is it easier, but it's a better long term strategy. So to, to, to focus on that first, that you're going to keep continuing to, to, to lose fat and to burn body fat at a consistent rate because you're going to be able to, if you build up to where you could eat more calories, you know, going down and like going through a cutting phase, you know, you could stretch that out a bit longer. If you go down too low, you're going to be, you know, in a detrimental place. Well, the reason why I, I wanted to start here is because I think there's a misconception about your metabolism. I think a lot of people believe that you're born with this metabolism, like that it's not a, a free flowing thing. And that we can manipulate that and change that. And in fact, most, if not all clients that came to me for fat loss had already slowed their metabolism down before I got them. Because they've already tried the yo-yo exactly. dieting. And- Normally, if you go out and you shell out thousands of dollars to hire somebody, you're desperate now. You've yeah. tried this. You've read your books. You've tried all the guru diets out there. You're, you're the one that your girlfriend shared with you. And you've either had no success or you've had short-term success and you've gone back. And so what you a lot of people don't realize is that yo-yoing up and down, back and forth, and doing all these extreme types of diets to get to your results or extreme types of programs and exercise programs to get to your goal, what ends up happening is over time, you have slowed your metabolism down. Your body starts to adapt. Look, here's a good example. You can actually look this up. If you look up the Biggest Loser contestants. Now, The Biggest Loser is a popular TV show where they have these really obese individuals and the goal is to lose the most weight and whoever loses the most weight gets the prize and when they follow these people for years after the, the show's over these are people by the way these are people who lost Hundreds, 150 yeah. 200 pounds right substantial 80 percent, bro they follow they follow them and 
uh, a vast majority of them gain the weight back. 80%. And the reason that they gain it back is in order to maintain their new normal body weight, they have to do hours of cardio every day, mm-hmm. and they have to eat like 1,200 to 1,500 calories. Oh, it's a new standard. Which, And the reason why that happened is because they got themselves to that point because the way they lost the weight was the wrong way. They got their body to adapt in a way to slow its metabolism down. Which, look, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that, but if you plan on living in the modern world where there's food everywhere, and if you plan on living a normal modern life, which includes a lot of leisure and sedentary activities, like let's be honest, most things you do in modern life besides work out are active. Most things are kind of sedentary. So if you plan on living a normal modern life, you want to have a faster metabolism. It's the best insurance you can have. So it's important that you go into a fat loss you know, regime or program with the idea of, I need to get my body to burn more calories automatically. Automatic. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between automatic calorie burn and manual calorie burn. And the manual version of calorie burn requires you doing a lot of activity, constantly moving. The automatic calorie burn means your body just wants to burn more calories on its own. Do you guys remember when Biggest Loser hit the scene? I remember. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, what a what a love hate relationship I had with that show. Oh, no. When it first came out, season one, loved it. I thought it was at that time. I felt like there was a lot of garbage on TV. A yeah. lot of uh, you know your Jerry Springers were exploding at this time. Well, it was inspirational that first season that it came was positive, out. Yeah. right? It was your it was the one of the one of the first quote unquote reality shows that I thought had a good message. Or you know a, a something like you said, Justin, positive that was that was coming on TV. So I, I, right away, I gravitated towards it, and I and I loved the show. And the first season, it still had a little bit of its pure, its purity still. And then what ends up happening, it turned into like a game and winning yeah. money. And then there was a lot of manipulation that started to happen. And then I didn't realize how much I would hate it until about three years later, mm. when I started to see the flood of the people coming into the gym. And that then have, what the trainers were doing with them. Whoa, and whoa. what people wanted. I'd have somebody sit down for me that would be very much so a, a Biggest Loser type of contestant. And they would say, Adam, I just, I've, I've dedicated the summer to, and this is what they would do. They would do this because they'd seen it on the show. You know, okay, they, they saw three months where they would have to dedicate to their fitness goal and they were going to give everything they got to get there. And so I would get these people that would come into me, come right before summertime and say, I've got the whole summer off and I am going to, you know, I'm going to lose this hundred pounds, whatever it takes out of bubble. And they would tell me this. And I remember at first thinking to myself, like, there's no way we can't lose this in three months. And then their response is, Biggest loser mm-hmm. that they had seen, and I remember that becoming this this uh, you know thing that I had to overcome because they had seen it. it wasn't until later did the statistics come out that I rattled off that you were talking about mm-hmm. Sal of the eighty percent because at the beginning they were talk- highlighting all the the great positive things of the show. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until years later did we find out that a majority well, of all these people put all the weight back. Yeah, on. the irony. I mean, like as a trainer watching this program, yes, it was like like there was a there was more attention to you know like the these people. People had like really extreme situations and and they were like addressing trying to help them in any case possible so they they construct this environment uh, that was almost like bulletproof in a sense in, in order to foster this, you know, perfect environment for them to lose weight at a, at a maximal rate. And just like you said, you start to get that sort of pervading into people's ideas of like, okay, well, I can too lose 50 pounds in two months. And that's totally a reasonable thing for me to do and to keep it on. And, and so there was no follow up. You know, after that, it's just like maybe a clip later where they're still trying to kind of immerse themselves back into regular, uh, you know, life with with other people. And it was just like, man, I just knew that it had uh, it was going to be destined for failure. No, at the end of the day, having a faster metabolism naturally makes fat loss way easier, way easier. And it makes it much more likely to stay permanent. Okay, And the best way, the best way that I know of. To get your metabolism to speed up is to build muscle or, to put it in a different way, to train in a way to build muscle, okay? And because, and the reason why I said that is it's not a direct relation, by the way. It doesn't mean you need to gain 30 pounds of muscle to have the super fast metabolism, although that would do that. It's literally train in a way that gets your body to prioritize wanting to build muscles. You don't need to build tons of muscle. 
I've had clients I've only put four pounds of muscle on their frame, which you can't tell. If anything, they just feel more tight and, and toned. But in their metabolism are burning four, five, six, seven hundred more calories a day because the training was geared towards getting the body to adapt in a way where it prioritizes strength and muscle. So number one in building your metabolism is train in a way to build muscle. And this is funny now. If you're somebody that's like, I just want to lose fat, the kind of routine you should do is the same routine someone does when they say, I just want to build muscle. Mm-hmm. It's the same routine. It's that That's the routine that's going to make the fat loss uh, easier and more permanent. And the problem is that's not how they're being marketed and advertised at to. At all. Not at all. Right now, the people that want rapid fat loss, right, that, are, that hear things like that or the quick 30-day or 60-day, the thing that they're giving those people as far as the programming is concerned is the complete opposite of that. No, mm-hmm. it's it, the kind of programming that they're doing is telling their body to prioritize energy efficiency, mm-hmm. not strength. So let me give that let me let me explain that for real quick. So let's say you do these traditional fat loss programs which are tend to revolve around lots of cardio. Cardiovascular type activity, lots of high intensity circuits where you're burning manually burning lots of calories and sweating a lot. What ends up happening, now in order to do those workouts, your body tries to get better at them. And In order to do those workouts well, what your body needs a lot of is endurance and stamina. Okay, Endurance and stamina do not require lots of muscle or strength. In fact, uh, too much muscle will actually can be a detriment. And if you don't believe me, look at, the, look at all the endurance sports that exist. And what you'll notice with these athletes is they have very little muscle. Because lots of muscle burns up lots of calories, and you don't need lots of strength for that. And if you want to keep doing the same repetitive motion over and over again, having muscle on you just becomes a detriment. So if you do those kinds of workouts, what your body does is it's like, okay, I got to get better at this endurance and stamina type routine. We don't need much strength. Uh, We're burning calories while we're doing it. We need to be more efficient. Pair muscle down. Slow down the metabolism. Become a much more efficient energy machine. It's like it's like taking your car and turning it into a hybrid because you're just you just want to be able to become efficient with calories. And so over time, you slow your metabolism down. And let me tell you something. This is a big effect. I've seen people kill their metabolism. I've seen people cut their metabolism down by 600 to 1000 calories because they hammered themselves so hard with this kind of workout. Their body got really freaking good at what they were asking it to get good at. Now on the flip side, if I'm telling my body to get stronger, my body's priority is to build muscle, and the side effect of that is I'm having a faster metabolism. It's not worried about being energy efficient. It's worried about we need to build strength because the stimulus that's being sent to us is lifting heavy loads and using what's called anaerobic energy, which would be your traditional straight sets. You know, It's the difference between going to the gym and going squats, lunges, jumping jacks, treadmill, crunches for your little circuit versus eight reps of squats, rest for a minute, eight reps of squats, rest for a minute, and doing those kind of straight sets that really build strength and muscle. And what you'll end up, what you'll end up finding when you do this the right way is over the course of 30, 60, and 90 days is you will be able to eat more and burn more body fat. Because remember, at the end of the day, what do you want? You want permanent fat loss. Do you want to be in a position where you've lost 15 to 30 pounds of body fat, but you can only eat two, you know, 1,200 calories, 1,500 calories? Or would you want to be in a position where, and believe me, this has happened many, many times when people do this right, where they got lean and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe how much food I got to eat to keep myself at this body weight. If I eat too little, I start to lose crazy amounts of weight. What study was that that you share a lot that actually displayed this with the tribe? Yeah, they did a try. It's a the Hadza tribe. Hadza. I think there's. I think it was H A D Z A, and through some sophisticated testing, they went down and were able to test their metabolic rates. And this is this is a modern hunter gatherer tribe. So consider they move a lot. Well, a lot more than the average person, right? Average person doesn't move much. And so what they thought was, oh, these people are going to burn tons of calories because they're constantly trekking and running and catching their, their prey. They're going off and getting water. Like, they're just moving a lot. So these guys got to be burning, you know, four, five, 6,000 calories a day right. versus the average person. What they found actually blew them away. What they found was their, their calorie burn was close to what a calorie burn was for the average, you know, modern uh, Westerner. 
They didn't actually burn that many more calories. And they were blown away at first. They were like, how can this be possible? They're moving so much more. Which is, I mean, it's hilarious to think, like, why wouldn't we be more efficient with our energy systems? Like, when, you know, there's states of, like, food is not as available. Like, I mean, otherwise we'd be burning a ton of calories and we'd die. Like, there's just, I mean, our body is a smart machine. Like, it it basically operates in in how, you know, you program it. Right, so if they had a, if you were a a hunter-gatherer, and you had this super fast metabolism that burns 6,000 calories, you would run the risk of starving because food is hard to find. Now, what are the activities of hunter-gatherers? They do lots of walking, lots of long, slow runs, lots of trekking. It's lots of that cardio activity. So their bodies become very efficient. If you look at hunter-gatherers, they're very lean. They don't have a ton of muscle, and that's just how they. And they don't eat much. They don't eat much calories. They don't have to, or they. And plus they don't it's have not available. Yes, they don't and it's, not avo- it's not available. <laughs> now, for modern life. You live in modern society with food everywhere and with a sedentary life. You want to train in a way that's going to speed up your metabolism. Building muscle and training to build muscle and strength is the best way to do it. Hands down, there's nothing else that'll do it for you better than that. So that's got to be... Number one, you, and you got to understand when when you go about the you know working out every day or the circuit type training group classes or getting on the treadmill or stairmaster and sweating, the signal that your 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 body's only doing what you you want it to do. It's getting good at what you want. Yeah, to do. it's getting good at that. It want you're sending this signal that hey, I'm going to push the body a lot. A lot, a lot, five times a week, maybe seven times a week, and for long distances or hard, for bouts of hard, hard uh, little stairmaster or treadmill, and you're telling your body that it's going to keep getting this, and so all it's doing is saying, okay, I need to, I need to learn to conserve a little bit. I need to learn to be ready for this, and and they're also, and at the same time, the mistake that people make is they're also fueling their body. That way, they're also fueling it in a re- reduction because they're trying to lose body yeah, fat. They're cutting their calories on top of it. Yeah, so you're cutting calories and you're increasing all this this movement. So the signal you're sending the body is like, hey, we need to conserve some energy. This asshole isn't feeding me anymore, and he's starting to push me harder than I've ever been pushed. And so it gets good at that. And that's what's be- that's what's amazing about our bodies is they're adaptation be- machines. And believe me, your metabolism can get really, really slow. Like there's studies done on POWs. These are people who prisoners of war. Who were surviving on, you know, a few hundred calories a day for long periods. Their yeah. metabolisms, and they lost lots of muscle. Their bodies really slowed down its ability to burn calories. I've trained clients who gain weight on anything over a thousand calories, who also do cardio every single day. Mm-hmm. I've actually trained more than a dozen people in that situation. So you definitely want to speed up your metabolism. And then the second thing you want to do, it's got to be understanding how to create a calorie deficit through food. Well, there's mm-hmm. the there's the law of thermodynamics. Yeah. I mean, that will always apply. As much as we evolve science, we learn more about all these other things that matter, that that, that law, well, and this number one. is number one and will always be there, right? That you have to somehow create some sort of a caloric deficit in order to lose body fat. Now, here's the the trick to that is there's we have options here. Like we can create a deficit through more activity and movement. We can create a deficit through reducing calories. Now, when I start somebody off, I actually don't want to do this. I actually, even though your goal, you come to me and say, Adam, I want to lose body fat as fast as I possibly can. My response is, okay, we're going to do this, but here's where you got to trust me that we don't want to come out the gates at sprinting towards this goal. I actually don't want to see any weight loss on the scale. And I would like to get you eating more food than you were eating previously. That's because that, you're focused on number one, right? Which because, is build the metabolism, right? So, and this is how you apply the the calorie rule and the nutrition rule to your first and your foremost number one goal, which is to build that metabolism. Because I know that, like everybody that I have always trained, and we're talking about tons of people. This isn't like some or some people and some others. No, almost every single person who ever sat in front of me that needed to lose body fat, especially if we're talking 10, 20, 30 plus pounds, all of them were also in a place that their metabolism wasn't roaring. Mm-hmm. Wasn't you did not even if you had an okay metabolism, it wasn't roaring. You weren't able to eat more than three thousand calories or so without putting body fat on because you've already been through the right. up and down. So my goal is okay, how can I teach you to make better food choices. So exchange, exchange out some foods, keep your calories to where you're not losing weight, 
and we're not putting on a bunch of weight, and then I actually start to program, like we talked about with the building metabolism, the right program, strength training to build muscle, and that's my initial goal when I first start. Yeah, so what I would typically do, and I'm going to give some numbers here, because we're talking general, of course, on, on an individual basis, it's, it's different from person to person, but generally speaking, I'll have somebody not create a calorie deficit with their food for at least four weeks, sometimes as long as eight weeks. Mm. And so what we're doing is, okay, for the first four weeks, what we're going to do is I want you to track your food. And today it's very easy to do. Back then it was a pain in the ass. But today you can download a free app like Fat Secret or MyFitnessPal. Start just entering your food. See how many calories you're eating right now normally. Now we're going to focus on building muscle, getting stronger. While we're doing that, let's just keep your calories where you've been keeping them. And if you start to lose weight, I might even bump them a little bit just so we can get the metabolism faster. And let's keep them there for a month and let's try and make it healthier. I like to have people uh, include more vegetables in the diet typically, mm. maybe increase their protein intake and drop right. their sugar intake a little bit. Let's keep it there for a little bit. But then after about four weeks, that's when we can start to play with the calorie deficit. So now we know what your maintenance is. And let's say your maintenance is 2,500 calories, and that's how much it takes for you to stay at your body weight with the weight training. And we've done a good job. We've gotten your metabolism faster, or at least a little bit faster. Now we'll start to cut a little bit and have you eat anywhere between, depending on the person, 200 to 800 calories below what your maintenance is. And let's start right there. And that will start to create the fat loss. Now that your body's burning more than you're consuming, mm-hmm. we'll start to see some fat loss. But there's some techniques that go into that. Well, yeah. And that's why the, the tracking part and the piece is so essential. And to really understand your your habits and like what you're bringing into this situation so you can really dial that in a little more specifically, especially with the calories, but also with the movements. So to be able to pay attention and track like your most active days, uh, whether or not that's with a pedometer or like a Fitbit or just some kind of awareness in mm. terms of like, you know, a, a general idea because because calorie burn, that's probably going to be the hardest to really nail down. So that's why I don't lean too much on trying to create the deficit through a calorie burn versus what more I could control uh, with eating. And so mm. um, that that's definitely one of those. And like you said, it's it's, it's really just kind of gradually taking it down and, and trying to stay within that deficit uh, that's not too far of a drop. Well, we also have to talk about, if we're talking about this, we also have to talk about the psychological part. We have to talk about why this is a mind fuck and why most people fail mm-hmm. right here. This is probably one of the hardest parts of the three steps we'll talk about because what happens is this is where you people that get attached to the scale, right, and they get so caught up on that, or even how you look in the mirror because that could easily change day to day based off of water retention or inflammatory food. So that could easily fuck with your head too. So the scale and the mirror – when you know you're doing the things that you should be doing for your body, this is where it becomes challenging because you got, like Sal said, you know, based off of what client I'm dealing with, between four to eight weeks that I'm telling them, listen, we're not going to see the scale really go down. That's not what I want to see right now. You're not going to see your body totally shaping up and changing totally different right now. What we're really focused on is building this metabolism. And that's our that's our number one priority is trying to get to a place where you're eating more calories that when I eventually do restrict you, you're going to see your body start to reduce body fat. But this is where most people break. This, this is, is the where, hard part. It is the, the hardest part. Yeah, it is it, the it, hardest part. And it's the behaviors and it's the psychology around it. Here's a strategy. Here's a strategy that I like to use with people um, to help them with that process. Now, keep in mind, you want uh, your diet uh, if you're starting to cut calories, to kind of mirror what what real life is more like. So here's what a lot of people do, and this and it's a mistake I think a lot of people make, is they'll say, okay, my my caloric maintenance is 2,500 calories. I'm gonna eat 2,000 calories every day, and they just stay on that every single day. Hmm. Real life isn't really like that, right? That doesn't really help you with with behaviors that are gonna serve you long term because real life usually looks like some days are higher, right. some days are Fluctuates. lower. So what I like to tell people to do is, okay, take your total calories for the week. So let's say it's 2,000 calories a day is your average that you want to average out because you're burning you know, 2,500. Multiply it times seven days. So that's 14,000 calories. Now let's play with 14,000 calories over the course of the week. So Monday, maybe 1,500 calories. Tuesday, maybe 2,000 calories. You know, Wednesday, maybe 1,200 calories. And you do this kind of undulating 
effect with your calories and it allows you to have more flexibility on some days. So like, oh, Saturday, I'm going to be going out with my friends. That'll be the day that I'll eat 2,500 calories. Thursday, I'm going to be super busy at work. I'm going to keep that at about 1,000. Mm. The other thing that's kind of crazy about this, and it's funny because I used to recommend this to people because I just noticed it helped them. It was easier for them to move from that to real life than it was for people to be like 2,000 every day and then move to real life. Right. Besides that, studies actually show that the body burns body fat better when you do it that way. Well, it makes sense. It does, because it tells the body, hey, we, you're not in a deficit every day. Well, and we, we, we constantly talk about how the body is this adaptation machine, so right. why would it be any it's different? catch on to that Right, pattern. why would it be any different for yeah. you know the way we feed it? Why if We're feeding exactly the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to figure this out. He's only going to feed me 2,000 every single day. I would think it would be much harder for it to adapt if you were undulating, which I think just made, is kind of There was actually sense. a study that showed um, where they had people do, I forgot how long the diet was, but they did a, a diet and then they did a two-week period of uh, maintenance or surplus. So for two weeks, they would interrupt the diet and eat at their calorie burn or, or more, and they go back on the diet. And they compared that to people who just stayed on the de- deficit, yeah. and they compared it for the same period of time. The people who interrupted their diet with, with a little bit more food burned more actual body fat and lost less muscle. Now, this is a big deal Mm -hmm. because when you cut calories, especially if you don't lift weights, when you cut calories, you lose both Mm -hmm. muscle and fat. You lose fat because your body needs the energy. You lose muscle because your body's trying to slow down its metabolism to match your new caloric intake. But lifting weights, of course, helps offset that because you're trying to send the, the, the signal to build muscle. Undulating your calories does that as well. And so what you're doing, if you do this right, if you undulate your, if you, if you focus on building your metabolism, and then when you go into a deficit, you do undulating your calories, you are mitigating or perhaps even reversing the metabolism slowdown that happens from getting leaner. Now, a great pairing to that after you've gone through the process of really like paying attention to your activity, your movement specifically, we talk a lot about NEAT uh, on the show. Oh, yeah. And for a reason, because uh, NEAT, it matches more of a lifestyle uh, pairing in terms of like, okay, the workout is this one little portion of your day. And that's something that you can kind of manage control, but really to be able to, you know, exaggerate that or like add more time or, you know, that's really tough. What you can do more effectively and that is something that you can implement throughout your day is to just be up, be more active uh, and you can control that a lot easier. And right. so to be able to track that is definitely uh, to a benefit to that. So now if we start to pay attention to those higher activity days and and we can see like, okay, if I, if I take that undulating effect into account where I have more calories a lot of times when I'm actually like moving the most, if I compare it to, you know, more active days, that would be ideal. Now, NEAT represents the activity that you do that's not uh, like planned or structured exercise. So NEAT is... Is a, it's, a, it's an acronym, but it's not really important what it stands for. It just represents what you do during the day. and so, Overall movement. Yeah, and so if you, rather than focusing on doing all these extra workouts, just focus on being more active throughout your normal day. Well, this was, one of, a big difference. this was one of the most paradigm-shattering moments that I had as a trainer. And I remember this when we first got uh, which the body bug, which the body bug was before the Fitbit, before the cool Apple Watch. And ironically, the most accurate. Right. It, it was. It was one of the most accurate ones that, that had came out. It, at that time, no tool had been, I think I think the highest, the heart rate monitors that averaged your metabolism or try to guesstimate your metabolism, I think they were like 64% accurate. Which is nothing. Which, yeah, which yeah. is like, it's like a 50-50 shot. It's right, right? Where the body bug, I think it was, it was touted at like 92 or 94% accurate, which is pretty damn accurate. I mean, that's giving you a pretty good guesstimation mm-hmm. of what your body's burning. And the thing that blew my mind was, and I had right away, I remember getting all my clients to wear it. And, you know, I, that was part of when you came in to meet me, we'd sit down, we'd review your body bug, I'd look at all your activity. And the thing that like just blew me away was I started to notice that the clients were burning more calories on the days they weren't seeing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is weird. What are you doing here? And I, I had to ask, like, what's going on here? Did you do a workout? I was just like, no, I didn't work out. Like, I just went, I, and went to the mall. Right. They would be, my car. It'd be things yeah. like that. They're like, oh, you know, I just had to run some errands. You know, I had to go Put to the some mall. boxes away. Groceries. Yeah. Clean the house. Like, you, you started, I started to learn that, wow, when we talk about caloric deficit and the important that and the overall fat loss 
goal and what we're trying to chase, I was realizing it really, really what it did was real made me realize how insignificant I was. I was like, wow, I thought I was so important to this person's goal of fat loss, but in reality, they're getting they're making more headway towards that on some of these yeah. days they don't even see me. Well, more the importance of you is really in just speeding up their metabolism more than anything, right? Right, it's the like, building muscle part. The building muscle part. And so and I know we keep hammering that, but I'm telling you, if your goal is fat loss and you don't want it to come back, because there's nothing listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now. The only thing worse than having body fat that you want to lose is losing it and gaining it back. That mm. sucks. Mm-hmm. That really fucking sucks because it's harder to lose it the second time, both psychologically and there may even be some physiological things that are happening that'll make it more difficult to lose it the second and third and fourth time. And if you are listening right now and you've experienced this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what you want to do is you don't want to lose fat and have it come back with a vengeance. You want to lose fat and you want to keep it off forever. And that's the metabolism boosting aspect of it. But then you got to create the deficit with your calories. Undulate your calories. It makes a big difference. Again, just do this. Once you figure out how many calories you need to consume a day to be at a deficit, just multiply that times seven. Now you have your big number. And then just take from that number and every day just let it go up and down. So some days will be low, some days will be higher. But at the end of the week, the total calories consumed consumed will be what you want them to be. And I like to, what I like to do with this is I like to have at least one really low calorie day during the week and one higher calorie uh, day during the week because it gives me the flexibility to eat more on a day where I'm going to enjoy myself and I put that low calorie day on a, on a really, really busy day. Now, how do you guys determine whether or not you are going to start to restrict calories from this person? Like, you know, we talked four to eight weeks we would focus on building. Sure. So at the beginning, we all agree that nobody we restrict the, out the gates. So out the gates, even though we're talking about caloric deficit right now, mm. nobody out the gates we restrict. Right away, we go focused on you know, making sure that they're getting enough calories that we can build some muscle so we don't want to see the scale go down. So, okay, let's say this person's been doing this for eight weeks now. Mm -hmm. What is the determining factor that you're going to start to restrict calories and whatever after that determining factor that you've decided, how much do you go? Well, that Mm. depends on the person. I think ideally speaking, if we're at, what I try to do is imagine the end point. So what I mean by that is, uh, let's say your metabolism is burning 2,500 calories a, a, a day. And I think, okay, will this person be happy always consuming 2,000 or just under 2,000 calories? Because that's what's going to take us to get to their, their, their goal body fat. Then that's where we need to, to, to be comfortable with to stay at. Yeah. So I like to get people to a point where they're higher than where we're going to try to end up. Now, that's, not an, that's an ideal situation. And oftentimes you can't do that because a person is like, I don't want to wait a year. Sometimes it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So then what I'll do is I'll go through a process of cutting them, slowly rebuilding, cutting, slowly rebuilding. And so we go this process of, of, of where we're trying to burn body fat and then we go through a process where we only focus on speeding up the metabolism. As far as how many calories I cut, you know, uh, typically you want to aim for around 500 calories below what you're burning but I don't, I don't, it depends on the person. I mean, if they're, if they're burning a shit ton of calories, if it's a guy who's burning 3,500 calories yeah. a day, I'll bring them down to 2,500, no problem. And they'll have a lot of fat loss. I almost never go more than a thousand under. I gave a number yeah, the other day, as far as uh, the other day, and we had the forum going crazy trying to all figure out. I gave a generic number, yeah. which I should know better to do because then everyone's like, well, you know, I did mine and I was only here and Adam said that he yeah. wouldn't cut somebody. So I'm like, oh well, God. live and die by those numbers. Like, look, I'm just yeah. trying to give an example. But uh, instead of giving an example like that or giving a, a number like that, uh, let me share like what's going on right now with my nephew and I'm helping him out. Now, he's been consistent for six months now. I've uh, been super proud of him. Remember I showed you guys pic- pictures of him uh, probably a couple of months back and kind of where he's at. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like sharing his journey because he's, he's, he's very... Typical. He's actually more common than I think he thinks he realizes. Um, and and a lot of our our conversations early on was actually getting him to understand that and say and trust me that listen, dude, you you're you're more normal than you realize. Most people I get are in your exact situation right here. And so his his weight was about 260 pounds, and he he's seen himself at 180. So we're talking we're talking a long ways to go here, right? So. And at 260, and he's not like a petite guy that got fat. He's like a big, he's kind of a muscular dude already. So, and and also active, played sports, did things like that. And when I assessed his diet when he first started, he was barely getting 1,500 to 1,800 calories. Uh, Okay. And, and I, so the things that I look at is I see how low of calorie they are 
for how big they are. And the 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 bigger they are to the lower their calorie, the further I want to focus the longer I want to focus on building the metabolism. Yeah, a big guy like that, he's I mean to, to live a normal life and be lean, he's got to be able to consume a decent amount of calories. Well, this is what what I tried to the way I gave him an analogy because it was good cuz he's he's 260. I said, "Listen, when I was 235, at the, the peak of my metabolism and the, the, the peak of the most amount of food I was eating, I was still only 235 pounds. So I said, at 235 pounds, I had built my metabolism up to where I could consume 5,000 calories and not gain any more weight. So that just shows you that somebody at 230 has the ability to speed their metabolism up that much. And of course, a lot of that is because I was mostly muscle. I was 220 pounds of, of that was pure muscle. So of course, that's a roaring metabolism. So when I'm, I'm talking to him, I'm saying, listen, you're at 260. You're even bigger right now. And we're only at 1,600, 800 calories. So I know you don't want to hear this from me, but we kind of have a long road ahead of us of where I'd like to have your metabolism at before I really start to restrict now, he's done an incredible job of listening to me. We've been almost six months deep into this, and we haven't cut calories. We've been slowly increasing. What's increasing. he at now? So we're at 3,000 right now. Wow. So, so Hold on a second. You need to, this needs to be something that people hear twice. He was 260. Today, he's the same body weight, but he's built more muscle. He's, two, he's actually 262 pounds. Okay. So he's even gone up two But he's pounds. gotten way stronger. Mm-hmm. I've oh, seen his, his numbers. His body composition is completely yeah, so he's different. Yeah, so he's lost some body fat, but gained some muscle. Right. However, he's eating... Twice as many calories. Yes. Mm. Two times as many calories, and he's leaner. Right. I yeah. mean, so, and this is a conversation right now. So, this is what we we just, this just happened two days ago. I switched him, and I did it only for the psychological reasons. Just and to he, show him that And he work. sat with me, he said, Uncle, he goes, he goes, how long am I going to have to do this for? You know, I've done, I'm following everything you're saying, like, you know, I, and I trust me, goes, I, I believe everything you say because I feel amazing. I, I would never think that I could feel this good at the same weight. You know, I'm six months later, I've been grinding my ass, I've been weighing my food, I've been doing he's everything. He's squatting like three something. Oh, he had P, he's hit PRs and everything. He's PR to squat, PR to deadlift, all and so and I've told him to focus on that. I said, put all your energy and focus. Don't be looking at the mirror. Don't be looking at the scale. Don't get caught up on that bullshit. Trust the process. Trust that I know what I'm talking about. I promise I won't sh- I won't steer you wrong. Focus on your strength. Think about the gym. Think about your exercises, the way you're moving, the way the what you're able to do. And so we've been all focused on mobility and strength. And so He's hitting all kinds of PR, being more mobile than he's ever been, stronger than he's ever been, and we're celebrating that. But it's still reality. He still has a goal of being, he wants to look a certain way, and he's far from that in his eyes still. And so he's looking at me this last weekend, and he's like, you know, when can I cut? Can I just, are we going to start reducing? I say, okay, listen, again, I'm bringing the perspective. You're at 260. We're only eating 3,000 calories. I could easily right now reduce you 500 calories a day Add in a twenty minutes of cardio or something right after you, and we will just start to drop. And you'll, I'll lose you fifteen pounds like that. You'll drop, but eventually that will start to slow up a little bit. And now we're at twenty five hundred, and you're fine though because we, could, we, 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 this is still more than what you were used to. And then I say, okay, another twenty, now another five hundred away, and then boom, you drop another 10, 15 pounds, probably ten this time. You know, I said, but now you're down to two thousand calories. So we have to ask ourselves, and this is to your point, Sal, of trying to kind of seeing the whole big picture based, that's how what dictates how you would do this. That's why I want to give this an example because that's what's going through my head right now. Is so you're going to do like a shortcut and then have him build it back up? So and, exactly. Yeah. So what I'm going to allow him to do, I said, like okay, step ladder right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually letting him do this for the next three to four weeks. And I say three to four because I'm actually monitoring it and based off of what I see, I might do it a little early. I might stretch it a little longer. And I'm, I've just now, I've brought him down to 2,500. And I actually said between 24 and 2,500 is where I want you to be. Don't go over 2,500. Don't go below 23. Right. And I said, that's right where I want to keep you right now. And then let's, let's pay attention. So, and, and then at the same time, I'm also switching his programming. He was, he was currently in phase one of MAPS Anabolic. We're now moving over to phase two. Perfect. Hypertrophy. Right. So we're, we're switching his programming. We're reducing the calories by 500. I know that this is going to drop him and he's going to I know in the next 2 weeks he's going to love what he sees but then I'm going to go back and remind him again listen if we go down this path and we keep going for the getting shredded from mm-hmm. this point eventually we're going to be down to a caloric intake that you may not be satisfied with following mm-hmm. for the rest of your life so we got to go back up again now now here's another important part of this that we haven't even really talked about cuz we're talking about creating a calorie deficit but within those calories are your macronutrients and mm-hmm. macro Nutrients represent proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. 
And those are almost as important as the calories that you eat because if it's only about calories and your protein is insufficient, your carbohydrates are, in, are, are, are wrong or off, or your fats are off or insufficient, you will uh, not only hit a plateau, you'll probably be extremely hungry or you'll feel yeah. like shit or you'll lose muscle and you won't, and you won't lose as much body fat. So you, hitting your macro targets is extremely important. Now, the number one nutrient to really focus on initially is protein. Now, why? Protein has got a few benefits for fat loss. Ooh, it's satiating. It's satiating. It makes you not want to eat as much. It also has a mild thermogenic effect, meaning that a gram of protein tends to burn more body fat or calories than a gram of, of carbohydrates, for example, and definitely more than a gram of fat, which is much higher in calories. They find higher protein diets lend themselves well to getting leaner um, and staying leaner. Now, how high? Not as high as the supplement companies will have you believe. Um, ideally, you're going to be at around 0.5 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight in normal weight individuals. Now, if you're really, really heavy and you're really obese, you don't want to use that number. So if you're 300 pounds, you're not aiming for 300, pounds, 300 grams of protein. That might be That's way too much. Uh, then I would base it off of your lean body mass. So it would require you to get... Uh, a body fat test. But if you're a normal weight person, you know, maybe 10, 15 pounds overweight, um, and you're, let's say, 160 pounds or 180 pounds, 180 pound person, I'd say 150 grams of protein to 180 grams of protein would be right about where you'd want to be to hit the and start. And this is really important to talk about because aside from the fitness people, right? So speaking to the average person, for sure, protein is the most under-consumed macronutrient that people get. It's so easy to get carbs. Everybody gets carbs, no problem. Fat's pretty damn easy to find too, or it's, it sneaks its way into Those a lot Those are the of, tasty macros. Right. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. every, no, very few people are like, hey, Adam, I just have a hard time eating carbs, right? Yeah. Just hate the way fat tastes. Butter like, no. and sugar? Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody everybody has, uh, it has doesn't have a problem normally getting that those macros that in. That felt dirty saying that. Protein is something that is is under-consumed, especially by my female clients. So female clients are normally the number one offenders, but even men struggle with this. And especially the the skinny guy who's always had a hard time building is, is one of those no- typical culprits. And this is, a, this is super important. Aside from what it does satiety and that your body needs it, we don't build muscle out of thin air. So when you go and you tear, you break down, you stimulate – your body is going to pull from these nutrients to then recover, rebuild, and grow and strengthen. If you're constantly hammering the weights and you're constantly under-consuming protein, then eventually the body just gets adapted and efficient at the exercise, and it doesn't stimulate more muscle growth. Yeah, more high-protein high diet in the context that we're talking about, you know, how, you know, 0.5 to 1 gram per pound of body weight just builds more muscle and more strength, and it does contribute to a faster metabolism. Hands down, the evidence is very, very clear. And then I've also experienced this with clients time and time again. So hitting your protein intake requirements is very important. The next macronutrient I'd say you want to focus on is the is the is the next essential macronutrient, which is fat. fat. So proteins mm-hmm. and fats are both essential, meaning you have to consume them or you won't let you won't survive. Carbohydrates are non-essential. Doesn't mean that you don't need to consume them. It just means they're not essential. So I always tell people, okay, let's look at your proteins and then look at your fats and let's make sure we're getting essential amounts of fat. Before you get into the fats, so let's not leave protein because something that I'd like to give to people too is sourcing that protein. Oh, sure. Like where where are we getting this from? Because I also think there's a lot more value in you getting this from real whole foods than supplementing 90% of this. Even though we are sponsored by a protein company, and I do encourage people that are under-consuming protein to utilize tools like this, I 100% recommend you try your best to get all of it from Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's because it's not just the protein that matters. Yes, we're talking about just protein right now, but there's so many other benefits to eating Whole Foods on a micronutrient level Mm -hmm. that doesn't get talked about enough that you just don't get in your your protein bars. Your digestive system. I mean, just going through that whole process of chewing food and like stimulating the digestive tract, like all that stuff is for a reason. And, 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 you know, to, to hyper, to, to kind of go bypass all of that, you know, could create potential problems. And, you know, you might feel that in terms of gas and all kinds of other yeah, the Yeah, the, the protein shakes I typically recommend to people who are trying to consume a lot of calories. If you're trying to cut, why would you want to drink 
some of your protein. Yeah. It, it, Drinking calories in general, that would be one I would eliminate. Yeah, it makes no sense because you're already dealing with the fact that you're going to be eating less calories than you're burning. So you're going to feel some hunger, by the way. So get over it. It's going to happen. Especially if your metabolism gets ramped up, you'll start to feel hungry. Uh, but why would you want to drink those 30-gram protein shakes when you can eat some chicken or some fish or some lean steak and get it instead? It's actual real food. So there's also that psychological piece. And as far as what Adam's saying, yeah, it's whole foods. You, you can't... Uh, a, a protein powder is about as processed as it gets. Well, think about some of the things that we lose by not going whole foods that we, again, don't talk about enough. I think, uh, I forget what Dr. Gabriel Lyon was saying about, you know, uh, the, what percentage of the population is, uh, is under consuming omega-3s. Right. Like you're getting your omega-3s when you're eating lots of fish. Like, so fish is an important place for you to get protein and a great source for that. Not just because it's a great source of lean protein, mm -hmm. but it also has benefits like omegas. Right. You got to say the, see the same thing in like your red meats. Like you're getting the benefits of iron. You're getting the benefits of creatine. You're getting benefits from these other things that are inside those meats that we, we we're missing out on that stuff when you're actually just getting the, the protein powders. And that speaks to the other systems of the body that I think a lot of people neglect to realize. We like to, especially in Western medicine, separate all the systems and become super brilliant about one part of the body. But And this is why I think we all love Paul Check so much is because he's kind of the opposite of that and explains that there's there's always a cause and effect going on in the body. It's a whole organism. If you rob Peter to pay Paul, so if you decide to bypass all the other benefits that you get from eating a steak just so you can get this quick, fast protein, you don't realize that you could potentially be affecting other parts and other systems of the body, which then in turn could potentially affect your overall metabolism. Exactly. Now, fats are the second most satiating macronutrient. In other words, Satiating basically means it keeps you kind of feeling full. Mm -hmm. um, so I always tell people, you know, eat your fats. Of course, stay within your calories, but eat your fats. And fats are essential. And fats, the, the good fats, dense in calories, and they're and they're very healthy. They can be very very healthy. Great sources of fat: fish, olive oil. Olive oil is like a miracle fat. It's a, uh, I, I haven't seen a single study that hasn't shown that olive oil has doesn't have incredible health benefits. That's a great source of of healthy fat. Avocado, another mm -hmm. great source of healthy fat. Nuts. Another Coconut great source oil. of, and then if you get your fats from animal sources, most of us can be fine with animal sources of protein if they're well sourced. Some of us have to be careful. Uh, Grass-fed beef, uh, beef is good. High-quality dairy, if you can tolerate dairy, is not a bad source uh, of fat, like you know butter and creams and even even whole milk, for example. So fats would be the second macronutrient. And then here's what I like to do with carbs. I don't tell everybody to go low carb. I think that's that's silly. For some people, that works, but. Uh, I think it's silly to go to restrict one macronutrient out because we're just setting ourselves up for a rebound later on. Uh, we want to remember, we want to make this as much like real life as possible. There are some behaviors you're going to have to change, but it also has to be realistic. And it's unrealistic to have no carbs all the time. But what I like to do with people is when I have them undulate their calories, some, cal some days are low calories, some days are high calorie, that's the carbs. Yeah. That's what I play with the most. Mm -hmm. So your really low-calorie days, I might have to cut a little bit of fats, but I cut mostly the carbs. So the low-calorie days are the low-carb days. The high-calorie days are the higher-carb uh, days. I love that. It, it works great for me, especially when it when it comes to workouts and like scheduling that just because I – man, it like – nice amount of carbs it doesn't have to be a ton of carbs but just enough like it just gives you that first amount of energy that that mm -hmm. you can pull from and you really feel that in the performance uh while you're lifting weights or you're you're really active and you know to, to then be more satiated uh throughout the day and a little low uh, calorie and, and where you're just kind of operating like a normal day, a little lower intensity type activity day. I think it pairs nicely. Well, too. we also got to talk about where you're sourcing your carbohydrates because right. this really matters too. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is uh, one something that we talked a lot about as trainers when we first started, more so than I hear now. And I, it, it's funny how things fall out of favor and it's like, are we oh, it doesn't matter that much. This is more important. And then we just neglect this. But I used to talk a lot about the glycemic index mm -hmm. when when I first started uh, training because I, well, I learned about it. And when I understood like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that certain yeah. carbohydrates- like Bananas are like off the roof. Yeah. Well, you start to realize that different carbohydrates send different signals in your body. Like you'll, and that the, the glycemic index really represents the, 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 the spike that we get from our blood sugar after we intake a carbohydrate. And the, what happens to the body when you get this big spike is that your blood sugar goes up and your appetite increases also. And if I'm somebody who is trying to restrict from calories, 
why would I want to intake a carbohydrate that's going to promote more hunger? That's only going to make my goal of eating less calories even more challenging. Yeah, so eat a bunch of candy to get your carbs. You're going to feel like shit, and you're probably going to be more hungrier than if your carbs came from right. a source like you know, like rice or, or sweet potato or other vegetables that tend to be slower burning and more satiating. And of course, mm. full of nutrients that are actually good. Another thing to consider for your IFYM crowd. Yeah, that's, no, that's it, it. no, it absolutely is. And then like things like fruit, like... You know, you get these benefits of fiber. I think uh, when I, I've talked on this show before about when I assess someone's diet after a week or two of tracking for me, um, one of the most common offenders is uh, not consuming enough fiber, dietary fiber. Uh, we just don't get enough leafy greens. We don't eat enough fruits and, and vegetables. And therefore, we get this this backed up system. And it's amazing how many people I've got just to eat the right amount of fiber every day through foods, mm-hmm. through leafy greens, through uh, through the fruits, what ends up happening to the way they look right away, all of a sudden they, they lose all this water weight, they don't look bloated, they, their stool is normal. So understanding too that you know when you get a lot of processed carbohydrates and you don't get it from fruits and vegetables, you're also, again, affecting other systems of the body, other things that are necessary. And at the end of the day, if you're if you lose weight, but you're not optimizing your health, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. If you chase your health and you maintain good, good health, uh, your body, the way it looks will follow. If you just focus on how you look and, and disregard your health by just staying within your calories and macros, but it's all garbage food, at some point your body will rebel uh, and you'll gain the weight back. At the end of the day, it's got to be in a way that's healthy, but it also has to be in a way that's sustainable. This is the most important thing now. This is where I kind of want to... I think I want to end at is whatever you're doing, make sure it's something you can maintain and do forever. So what does that mean? It, it, well, it means that you might want to take your time. You might want to go slow at this because behavioral changes are difficult. Real, lifelong, permanent changes are hard. So why not take it one small step at a time? So rather than taking all these steps that we just told you right now and applying them all at once, why don't you just start with one? I'm going to build my metabolism. I'm going to build muscle. Do that for a while. And then, okay, I'm going to try doing a small calorie deficit. I'm not going to look at my macros that much yet. Start with that. And then, okay, now I'm going to look at protein a little bit. Start with that. And do it in a way to where you know it's something that's challenging yet realistic and that you could stick to forever. Once you gain confidence in what you're doing and it becomes a regular part of your life, you move to the next step. And that's where the permanent changes come from because permanent fat loss comes from permanent behavioral changes. And permanent behavioral changes take time they absolutely think well and time. this is why you know going back to the original first point which is the b- building the metabolism part the hardest part you're going to have to go through during that beginning process of introducing calories why it's so important because when you have to restrict which we talked about the importance of that it's inevitable you'll have to create a caloric deficit in order to lose body fat when you do that you want to be in a place that when you do reach that goal is sustainable. It's something that you, the the amount of calories you're consuming, you're happy with. And this is exactly what I said to my nephew. I said, you know, where I want to get you is to the point that I get you shredded and you love the way you look and you're pretty damn close. I mean, more than likely if we're like crazy shredded, like ready for stage, like he wants, you're going to be, you're going to be at a point where you're really hungry right there. Mm -hmm. But to add 500 calories to that, and keep a very nice, comfortable body fat, which is probably more likely between 6 and 10%, but still looking amazing, feeling amazing, and more importantly, eating a, a, a calorie maintenance level that is sustainable. That's that's like, hey, this allows me to have some flexibility. I can still go out on Friday or Saturday night every once in a while and enjoy myself and not feel like I'm going to get super fat from one bad day of eating. And this is why we have some people that we know that seem to get away with this. And we go, and we just say, oh, their metabolism is faster. Well, okay, well, they probably do. The question you have to really ask yourself is, though, did they work for? Did they do? A, did they earn that metabolism? Mm-hmm. A lot of people you may realize, or that you don't realize, may have done this good work of building muscle and building their metabolism, and so now it's allowed them to get away with these days where they are in a little bit of a surplus or eating more than you can. I've seen this firsthand so many times. Uh, it's. It's, it always blows me away, but now, you know, even though I expect it, I've seen it so many times. I saw this with uh, with Jessica years ago. When I when we first started dating, she would cons- – anything over 1,200 – and she was doing cardio every day. Anything over 1,200 calories would get her to gain weight. Today, she does almost no ca- cardio. She just lifts weights. And the girl now can eat 2,500 calories a day 
and not gain a single pound. Her body wants to maintain leanness. In fact, now she's at the point where you, you can actually follow her journey on her, her site at the training hour. She takes people through reverse dieting, and you can see she'll post every once in a while a picture of her before and afters and how, how this has affected her. I mean, consider this. Imagine if you're in that situation. Imagine if you get to your goal body weight. Let's say you're at, you know, you, you get down to 130 pounds or, or 180 pounds or whatever your goal is, you're lean, but you also can eat a lot. Does that something that will maintain you forever? Or, or is the likelihood of that maintaining you forever higher than you having to be in that position consuming 1,200 calories or 1,000 calories? Absolutely. That's the, that's the way we're trying to, to, to direct you is to get to the point where you are doing something in a way where it becomes permanent and it never has to come back. And that's it. Look, with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're absolutely free. Make sure you go check them out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.